Let us go to the Lord again in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, once again we come before You and thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You have preserved it. We know that there have been many enemies against the truth of Thy Word. We realize and know that Satan would delight to cast doubt upon Your Word and put doubt in the minds and hearts of all people. We know there have been enemies of the Scriptures that have sought to uh, totally eradicate and do away with the Word of the Lord. But we thank You that it is still here. And we thank You for preserving it. And we thank You for the truth of Your testimony in that the Word of the Lord endures forever. We do believe, our God, that very likely we will continue to learn of You in eternity. Just how all that will be, we do not know. We know there will be a new heavens and a new earth. We know that we will never be equal to You. And therefore, very likely we will ever be learning and growing in the richness and the majesty and the beauty of Your holiness that resides in You and that will be forever. And as we said before, we don't know how to think about that, much less comprehend it. And yet we believe it to be true because this is what Your Word teaches. Help us now as we endeavor to study somewhat of the Holy Scriptures. And I pray, my God, that You would bless faithful men who stand to proclaim the truth of the Scriptures, that You would raise up other laborers into Your kingdom, 
And I ask, my God, that you would be with saints throughout the world that are being persecuted for your faith. We learn from time to time about some. Some, occasionally, we know. And then there are many more that we have no comprehension. We do not know them. We know not what they're going through. We don't even know how to give a word of comfort to them. Sometimes when our brothers and sisters are going through trials and affliction and we know about it, we don't even know how to give a word of comfort. But you do. You're the God of all comfort. Now again, we ask that you would be with us as we study your word and magnify the truth of it in our hearts and souls. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. We come back to this passage in 1 John uh, chapter 5 mainly verses 6 through 9. And in reality, we have basically looked at verses 6 and 7, and somewhat in verse 8. And we pointed out, well, let's just read those verses. This is He that came by water and blood. This is 1 John 5, by the way. I don't know whether I even gave the book or not. 1 John 5, verses 6-9. through 9. This is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which He hath testified of His Son. Now I'm not going to go back through uh, verses 7 and 8, but uh, for those that uh, want to know more about it, they can go back and listen to those messages. But this, all, all of this, is part of the Word of God. 
In latter years, there have been attempts to take out uh, part of this, particularly First uh, John five seven. And I will give this summary. For fifteen hundred years, this passage was not questioned. It was questioned first by Erasmus when he came out with his first edition of the Greek New Testament. But later on, uh, he verified that and believed that it was uh, valid, and so he put it in his second edition and from then on. It was never questioned or left out of any translation. Whether it was a translation into Latin or whether it was translated in other languages until 1881 when it was left out of the revised version. So, you can see for 1,500 years it was never questioned. And for over 1,800 years it was never left out of any uh, of the translations. Essentially, all of the modern translations either question it or leave it out. And I'm going to state again that I believe the best English translation is the King James Version. I make no apologies for that. And, uh, and believe that any who question that are being used of the devil uh, to disregard the Word of God. Now, in verses 6 and 8, it talks about the three witnesses. It says that the in verse 6, this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. And then, I would say, there are three that bear record in heaven, the word record there is the same word as witness, by the way. And then in verse 8, there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. And we pointed out that the we believe that the three uh, uh, witnesses on earth, the water is baptism, the blood is uh, redemption, and of course the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And we went through some verses to uh, give support to that. If we receive the witness of men, which is baptism and uh, those three witnesses on earth, the witness of God is greater. The witness of God is the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And if you were to leave out uh, there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, uh, let's see, let me go back and uh, I want to uh, verify something while I'm thinking about it. Uh, if you leave out part of that, it just doesn't make sense. And so you have the witness of men and the witness of God. And if verse 7 is not in the text, why speak of the witness of God? If it's not in the text, why talk about the witness of God in verse 9? If it's only talking about the witness on earth and not the witness of God, why speak about the witness of God? And by the way, as I said before, I'm going to say it again, the word record in verse 7 is the same word as witness. Which gives another uh, verse of validity for the proof of the text. Who are the, the witness of God I want to look at today and look at somewhat uh, the Trinity. The witness of God, we see that the Trinity are all mentioned together, not only in 1 John 5, 7, for there are three that bear record or witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. These three are one. You say, that doesn't make sense. I agree that it is incomprehensible. But there are a lot of things with God that we don't understand. How can something always be and never have a beginning? That doesn't make sense to our natural understanding. And yet God has always been. And if you say that God, there was a time when He was not, then you cannot say that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if there was a time that He was not, and He came to be, then you have to say God is changeable. And the Bible testifies that God is unchangeable. And there are many other 
things that could be brought out. But there are three distinctions in the Godhead, and it is not one person manifesting himself in three different ways. A man can be a husband and a father and a son. In other words, he can manifest himself in three different ways. But he he doesn't have three different persons. God has three different persons, which is normally talked about. I like the word distinction, and somebody said, "Well, what's the difference?" And I don't I don't know. I just like distinction better. But uh, I guess that's the reason some people like Fords and others like Chevrolets, and so on. But anyway, regardless of that. They are different. Turn with me to Acts chapter 6. No, Acts chapter 7, excuse me. I'll read verses 55 and 56. This is Stephen speaking. But he, that's Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, I don't know what all Stephen saw other than what it says here. And evidently, Stephen had seen the Lord Jesus Christ in His resurrected body. He was a disciple. He was one of the, se- one of the seven that was chosen to be a deacon. But notice what Stephen saw. Well, let's read verse 56 also. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened. The only reason you do not see into heaven is because God hasn't opened it to you. And the Son of Man... That's Jesus 
as verse 55 says, standing on the right hand of God. If Jesus is only an extension of God, Stephen would have said, I see Jesus manifesting Himself as God. Or something like that. But he said, I see God and I see Jesus. I see two different things. Jesus is at the right hand of God. Now obviously, Stephen didn't see God in His fullness. Because God is everywhere. And Stephen couldn't see everywhere. But the point that I'm making is, Stephen saw two different distinctions of the Godhead. He saw them. He saw them with his eyes before he was dead. And if God had manifested the Holy Ghost in some way, Stephen would have seen that. But the Holy Ghost was in Stephen because in verse uh, 55 it says he was full of the Holy Ghost. So you see a distinction of the three persons or the three subsistences are the three distinctions of the Godhead there at the when Stephen was being killed. But in Matthew chapter twenty eight we see another testimony of the divine Trinity. The three the three that bear record in heaven. That we're talking about in 1 John. There are three. One God. Three distinctions. Like I said, it's commonly called persons. Verse 18. Matthew twenty eight eighteen, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. There's two words for power. One has the idea of, of, uh, of, of uh, force. It's where our English word dynamite comes from. It's the Greek word uh, uh, dumas. So you, you can see that the idea of force. The other one is exumia. It's where our word authority comes from. The president has authority. He may not have power to do something sometimes, in other words, he might not have enough power to get out of bed if he's sick. 
But he does have the authority to, whether you agree with that or not, he has the authority to make a, a, a decree. Uh, I can't even remember what it's called right now. But uh, anyway, uh, where he just signs something and uh, and if Congress doesn't uh, invalidate it, it automatically becomes law after so, often, so long a period of time. Executive decree, executive order. That's what I was trying to think of. He has the authority to do that. And this is the word for authority. When Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. I have all authority. Of course, He has the ability to. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. There's the three that bear record in heaven. These three are together. I'll give one other place where it's definitely stated, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And of course, we could give many other places where it's obviously implied. But 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the last verse. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. These three, John tells us, are one. These three are one. There's only one God. One God. And they bear record. They bear record. We already saw in a previous sermon where the Son bore record of Himself. Let's see where the Father bears record of the Son. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. This is the record in, from heaven. We'll take up in verse 16, Matthew 3.16, And Jesus, when He was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto Him, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon Him. There's the Spirit-bearing testimony of Christ. And a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The Father bears testimony 
of the Lord Jesus Christ as being the Son of God. This is what is under consideration in 1 John. I did not go back and do that. Hold your, hold your finger in Matthew, but in 1 John 5.5, 5, it says, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? And then verse 6, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. In other words, these three that bear wet record and so on, this is talking about Jesus Christ as the Son of God. It is essential. that those who are saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ also testify of Jesus being the Son of God. You remember Jesus told His enemies, unless you believe that I am He, ye shall do what? Die in your sins. And in 1 John 1, I mean, excuse me, 1 John 5, where we just read, it says that whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. In other words, whoever is born of God, whoever is regenerated by the Holy Spirit overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And who is it that overcometh the world? He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So you can see how that the new birth, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, and overcoming the world, is all connected together. And the witness on earth, the witness of men, as well as the witness of God, testifies to this truth that Jesus is the Son of God. And what we just read in Matthew, this is my beloved Son, my Son, the Son of God. This is so important that this is also mentioned in Mark chapter 1 verse 11 and Luke chapter 3 verse 22. And we're going to see a little bit later. It's in John chapter 1. But look at Matthew chapter 17. What are we talking about? The witness of God. The witness that God testifies that Jesus is the Son of God. Start reading in verse 1. 
And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. While he yet spake, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. The Father testified or bore witness that Jesus was His Son. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father bear record that Jesus is the Son of God. And of course you can see the parallel account of that in Mark chapter 9 and verse 7 and Luke chapter 9 verse 35. That the Spirit bears record. Look in John chapter 1. This is the parallel account to Matthew, Mark, and Luke that we made reference to earlier. John chapter 1. Start at verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now, how could Jesus be before John? Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary when John had already been conceived six months in the the womb of Elizabeth. You find that back in Luke. So how could Jesus be before John? Because He's God. He's the Son of God. The eternal Son of God. And I knew Him not, but that He should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. 
And John bare record saying, I saw, notice this, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record. There's that witness again. That this is the Son of God. Here you can see the witness of man and the witness of God intermingling, as it were. Both going on at the same time. And it took place at his baptism. In John 10, these three are one. In John 10, Jesus said, Verse 29, My Father which gave them me is greater, uh, greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father, for which of these works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou being a man, maketh thyself God. Jesus testified of himself as being the Son of God. Also, in John chapter 14, we find where Jesus not only says that He's, uh, that He also says that He's one with the Spirit. In John chapter 14, see in John 10, it said, I and my Father are one. But in John 14, taking, the ver- taking up in verse 16, Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him. But ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. And then, dropping down to verse 20, At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. 
He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself unto him. But also, I was look uh and he said he said that the spirit is gonna come and dwell with you. Oh I, uh in verse eighteen I failed to read that one. Notice he said, I'll send you another comforter in verse sixteen, and then in verse eighteen he said, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. The Spirit coming to us is Christ coming to us too. And in these other verses that are read, He said, "We will manif- I'll manifest Myself to you. I'll dwell in you. The Father will dwell in you. You'll dwell in Me. We're all just dwelling together, as it were. But the point that I'm wanting to make is, well, look, well I'm going to read one other uh John fifteen twenty six, but when the Comforter is come, whom I will send uh, unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of Truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. But you can see that the Father testified of the Son, the Spirit testified of the Son, and the Son said he's one with the Father, and he also says here that he's one with the Spirit. He said, I'll send you another comforter. But he said, I'm coming too. I'll come and be with you. So you can see in all of this, back in 1 John, if there's not this three that bear record in heaven and three that bear record on earth, and these three being one, if this is not all together, then why leave out that first part or that one part in First John five seven? In other words, let me reiterate something again. If that part is left out, 1 John 5, 7, and 8 would read, For there are three that bear record, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three are one. But if you leave that out, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. In other words, if you say that there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, I mean, the, uh, the, there are three that bear record, 
the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are one. But when you read it all together, for there are three that bear record, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, excuse me, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, these three agree in one. So you can see that this bearing record, this testimony, this witness, to show that there were three on earth that agree and three in heaven that are one, it all fits together nicely. Again, I want to reiterate that those who try to erase this from the Word of God are doing detriment to the testimony of God's Word. I'll read again the short version or the one-liner that Robert Trail said of 1 John 5, 7, a place of Scripture that the devil's diligence hath not been small to weaken and to beat out of the Bible, though in vain, though in vain. And like I've said, there are many men of scholarship and integrity that likewise testifies to the truth of this being in the Word of God and being part of the Word of God and should not be taken out. And even many Bibles that have it in their have it in them will have a footnote or a marginal reference of some sort saying that it should be left out. You say, Well, you're making a, a great big to do about this. Yes, I am, because it needs to be in the day in which we live. Too many people are willing to use these modern translations, which I detest. King James is not perfect, but it is a word for word translation. Essentially, all of the modern translations are what's called dynamic equivalent. In other words, it's not a translation of word for word. It's a translation for thought for thought 
or what the translators thought they meant. That's the reason I like what our confession states, that if there's anything to be questioned, we're to go back to the original Greek and Hebrew text, which is the Masoretic text of the Old Testament and the Texas Receptus of the New Testament. Well, much, 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 <laughs> much, much more could be said about this. I assure you that I have not exhausted the subject, though I have given quite a bit uh, on this. And I hope too much of it hasn't been over your head. I've tried not to make it over your head. And I know it's a lot to try to take in and remember. And I don't expect you to remember all of it. But I expect you to have enough confidence in what's being said that you know that it is part of God's Word. It is the Word of God. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, hallowed be Thy name. We thank You for giving us Your Word we thank You for preserving Your Word in the midst of all of the hostilities against it down through the centuries. There have been people under the guise of Christian religion that have actually burned the Word of God to keep it out of the hands of Your people. but it's still here. And the last I heard, which I believe it was even this year, or it may have been the end of last year, but the last that I heard, the Bible is still the number one book that is bought in the marketplace. And you have testified that the Word of the Lord endures forever. Let men say what they say. Let men do what they will. They shall not destroy your Word. Hallelujah. We thank you for that. May we cherish it. May we worship You, not the Word, but may we cherish the Word and give high regard to it. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen.